Welcome to The Gang of Four, your irreverent political podcast. My name's Neil Caldwell. I have with me James. Hello. Stephen. Hi, Neil. And Kenny. Hello. We'll go straight into the news. And the big news today, the 29th of March 2017, is that Douglas Carswell is leaving UKIP. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not, listeners. It is not. That was the, the news of three days ago. Today, Article 50 has been triggered, finally, as opposed to <clears> what <throat> we said was being triggered four weeks ago, <laughs> two podcasts ago. So it's day zero, Kenny. How do you feel about this? Angry and ready to fuck shit up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> By voting strictly never for Conservative or Labour again. Yeah. Did, it, did you read the uh, letter itself? It I read some of letter? it. Some of it. There was uh, some veiled threats around, you know, if you don't give us what we want, we're basically going to not give you any intelligence information and uh, you're on your own. So, yeah, so that's a nice way to was enter divorce negotiations. That's kind of the equivalent of... of the wee boy that takes the football away when he's kid doesn't get his way. Yeah. James, how do you feel about the biggest anticlimax of the last political six months? I'm not angry anymore. I've got acceptance. But I, don't, I, don't, I know we, we laugh at the letter and laugh at the strategy, etc. But there's not many other options she has. So you've got to play whatever card you have. I, d- I think she had... Well, I think there is a strategy at play which is not the same as the tactics that are currently being used. And I think the tactics leave what's to be desired. But I do think the strategy is not as hard of a Brexit as she's currently, you know, allowing to be portrayed mm-hmm. because the Daily Mail and um, other sources require it. Well, it's a good point. At the bottom <clears throat> line is we still have no idea what Brexit actually means. No. So the suspicion is, given her previous speech, that it's going to be a hard Brexit. But we've got no basis really for knowing what she wants, no. other than we don't want membership of the single market. But there's so many. We other. want access, uh-huh. to, the we want access and, to the single market. You know, we had David Davis at the committee saying that there's no uh, contingency planning for a exit with no agreement and such like that. So obviously he raked over the coals for that and by any normal thinking person. But it does lead you to believe perhaps that they just don't actually think that's an option and they do have um, a more moderate um, ambition and th- what they expect to achieve from the negotiations. Yeah. But perhaps this is way too optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, too early to tell. And also, this happens in light, as most listeners I'm sure will know, of Nicola Sturgeon passing through Parliament, the Scottish Parliament yesterday, which was the 28th of March, a bill to give her a mandate to negotiate terms for an independence referendum for Scotland, which David Mundell, or Fluffy, as he's affectionately known, has immediately... Uh, no, they're not going down this route. Carry on. By whom? That's, that's his political nickname, Fluffy. I didn't know that. <clears throat> anyway, Fluffy said no um, on behalf of Theresa May because she was busy writing letters to Donald Tusk. So, it, much crisis. It's, there's rank hypocrisy in telling you know, the SNP and Scottish government that it's not fair, It's uh, it would be a referendum without knowledge, all that. I mean, that's just rank hypocrisy from those who have supported Brexit and such. But not for nothing, the SNP has basically guaranteed themselves a second referendum. I mean, that's, that's something to be well, said. Well, is it guaranteed? Um, now is not the time, Stephen, as we've been told ad nauseum by now Theresa May. Now is not the time. It's very different from never. Yeah, but I'm not sure what the right time is. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, 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 logic, let's uh, logically think through what's going to happen over the next five, well, two years. It's going to take two years for the UK to and the EU to negotiate exit terms. Yeah. So that 
the EU are working on the assumption it will take two years just to come up with what the exit terms will be. And the agreement. They also then will, the agreement, they will have a transitional agreement for another three years, which will basically be the same, we'll be in exactly the same situation we're in at the moment. And then after that, presumably after those three years, they will have some type of comprehensive comprehensive trade agreement. But I don't actually think, realistically, I don't think we will have a comprehensive trade agreement. <clears throat> no, oh, no, we're not. That time There's absolutely no way we'll have it. I mean, even one of the swivel-eyed mob in the backbench Tory was on Newsnight last night saying, "There's no way you'll get a comprehensive trade agreement within that timetable." Mm-hmm. And not only that, nothing will happen until the French and German elections are over. That's that. Well, over yeah. the next four yeah. months or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not even two years. No. But so it's so a year the, and a half. So the question, I suppose, is when, in terms of when, is a sensible or what will happen if no comprehensive trade deal is reached by the end of so let's assume we don't have a let's assume there's no trade trade deal by the end of two years um, but we manage to negotiate an exit term well you've got Holyrood elections in 2021 but then strictly speaking about when an independence referendum will come then you'll have a three year transitional deal what happens if there's no agreement reached do we just crash out on WTO trade terms. Well, that's the last case option. But <clears throat> it wouldn't be just be that. You would have... Because the trade aspect is one aspect, but you've got customs. You, you can split trade into services yeah. and goods. Yeah. So you could do some of that. And also, like, even the, uh, the swivel-eyed boy last night was saying, at least the regulations are aligned. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. you can have a transitionary trade agreement or something, and you can... Let ten years pass before a comprehensive one. Yeah, but surely one one of one of the arguments of the people, or one of the arguments from the what I would call the hard the hardcore Brexiters, is that we will be paying no money to the EU after twenty nineteen. There will be no freedom of movement, and we'll have control over immigration. These these are totally unrealistic aims by in that period, because if you have a transitional agreement. We will have to pay money to get access to the single market to keep the terms as they are. So I think this. I think potentially we. I know I've said this a number of times, but potentially we may, we may never actually leave. So we entered this discussion on the basis of when was a good time to have an independence referendum, and or is it a good time? So it's worth delving into what was Nicholas Sturgeon's tactics in doing this or announcing this at this time. She had no other option. <clears throat> exactly. She'd I backed feel herself like, into a corner. Well, that's... Okay, yeah. So she had agitated sort of um, yeah, members. Yeah, line. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I think the problem she might have is if there's any sector-by-sector sector deal at all agreed quickly for something, and let's say hypothetically financial services, energy, and whiskey. Yep. That'll be very hard for single market access. That'll be very hard to argue against with the whole discussion about if you become an independent country, you have to reapply. Because that's a lot of jobs that would be, I'm not going to say guaranteed, but impacted by that future decision. I I would take that point and make a secondary point that if Nicola Sturgeon perhaps doesn't believe that she actually has a chance of winning an independence referendum, but was going into this process the last two months with zero power and zero influence, having played this card, you know, entered this, mm-hmm. played this card of the risk of independence referendum, 
perhaps now she has the power to make those three things you just mentioned mm-hmm. the focus of the first agreements because they are ultimately the better for Scotland and better for the industries in Scotland. And the other offshoot, the reason I've mentioned that, the other, at the offshoot or the offshoot of this um, exit from the EU is that some of the powers from the EU could theoretically be devolved to Holyrood. So you ret- she maintains this, you know, drip drip mm-hmm. passage towards a more independent Scotland. Yep. You know, and and has appeased the members perhaps to some extent. And time passes because well we just no one knows if she would win a referendum right now. No, and I don't think she believes she would. Or let's hear the Scotland. Let's rep. hear the SNP. <laughs> no, so. I'm not I'm not saying the SNP, I saying I'm just saying one option is that you actually take her at her word, uh-huh. which is that she tried to have some kind of compromise arrangement. Oh, oh no, no, I, I, UK I, government I believe wasn't that. compromising. Yes. Oh, sure. No, no, I no, that's what I'm saying. That's, I that's what I'm saying. That. I think she had she she had to try and gain some traction and power somewhere or other, and this is, was obviously the easiest way to do so. Or the but the counterargument to that, I suppose, is that the swivel-eyed nationalists would have said would have come up with any excuse necessary. Well, the, look Just at so position, happened she navigated a route yeah. where she knew she would have a good excuse. So look at, well, I think I've said this to you guys before, but look at the position she's in now. She's A, basically guaranteed there will be an independence referendum at some point, post-Brexit most likely. And her uh, and her own speech today was essentially saying, um, you know, the timeline is two years and we then have to have a referendum, or par- paraphrasing, but she's essentially sort of allowing for the time period towards an agreement. But set, so she can always come back to this moment and say, whenever, you know, the Tories are in everlasting government and downtrodding Scotland. She can always come back to this moment and say, you said when Brexit happens, we could have an independence referendum. And B, she's now gained power over what that Brexit potentially looks like. So she actually might get a good deal for Scotland anyway. And in the meantime, you know, she can actually start to, or I guess, continue to try and build momentum for that point in time when an independence referendum happens. I think, I think the difficulty for the SNP and, and NDREF to, or the yes campaign and, and the independence referendum is as is is the timing as in yeah. because as I've discussed just there if we're still in a transitional arrangement which I think is highly probable based on my analysis <laughs> <laughs> if we're still in a transitional arrangement does that not again beg the question of well, what are we actually voting on of course yeah. what will you know because I think the, the reason Indy Re- the reason the Yes campaign has a what I believe will be a distinct advantage this time round is that the state that last time round obviously you were voting for the for Yes for independence or No for the status quo, which will be nothing changes as is. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time round, whatever you vote, there's a there's a huge risk of uncertainty. You know, potentially. Economic recession, etc. I'd say the other factor is the social factor. This time, there's more risk. Absolutely, that it would be far more divisive than even the first independence referendum. And I actually think the English nationalism <coughs> could be a factor this time round as well. Yeah, I don't, think, I, don't think any, I don't think there'll be any. I don't think there'll be any love bombing. <coughs> no. Yeah, actual it? bombing possible. In the parliament, <laughs> now you've, whereas before everyone accepted the referendum was happening, uh-huh. so there was at least some agreement there. Now it's. There shouldn't even be one. Yeah. And you yeah, see yeah. some of the clips coming yeah. from the Scottish Parliament and it's not... And the Tories seem comfortable saying there shouldn't be one, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I, do you know something that really bugs me about Ruth Davidson? <laughs> right? She gets away with things that no 
SNP politician would ever get away with. No, but she's got like, character, man. So you oh, yeah, she's got character, so she can <laughs> say she gets to slay nationalists every day and tell the First Minister to sit down, sit that, down and shut that annoy you? That, that did annoy me. Now, I'm not, I, I've told you this outside of the podcast, James, and I'm a fully paid-up member of the SNP. I'm not, I can't be arsed with another referendum. Yeah. I'm sick of losing them, yeah. right? And as Kenny says, it's not as if any of the options on any potential referendum in whatever time scale you imagine it to be no. are going to be good options or what I would want. I wanted yes in 2014, and I wanted England and Scotland to both be in the EU. Yeah. That was the arrangement I wanted. I was quite comfortable with that scenario. But I think yes and no next time, whether it's in two years or four years or five years, will be worse than either yes or no last time. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. I think yeah. this has... I think Brexit will be a disaster for the UK, both economically and potentially for the future of, will, will there actually still be a UK in yeah. 10 years' time? And let's the, not forget, you know, Northern Ireland, a hard border with the Republic, storming. There's, there are so many, uh, there's so many unanswered questions. Might, maybe there'll be no EU? Well, well, that's, well that's, that's, that's the point. I, I thought that's it's worth, true as well, yeah. the, the Northern Ireland situation, we, we covered that a lot in the episode one of the podcast, and if anything, that situations become even more marked oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in terms of its potency. Yeah. But the the James's point about there might not even be an EU. I mean, the EU is not a perfect institution. No. Much as Kenny like <laughs> has all the t-shirts. I uh, can I just I'm I I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. However, I do believe that existing I do believe the single market has has been great for the prosperity of the UK and and the whole of Europe. And I think leaving the single market in itself is is absolute suicide from a yeah. economic point of view. And the alternative of it seems to be um, the risky alternative of like some of these right wing nutters, you know, Liam Fox and such, that we want to then set whoa, up whoa, a whoa, alter- whoa, 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 whoa. sorry disgraced former defence secretary Liam Fox. Sorry, disgraced former Fox Liam defence secretary <laughs> Doctor Fox. Doctor Fox. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they they want to essentially come out of that single market and set up a single market with you know the. It's quite a scary thought that you would have American regulations and standards as opposed to what are clearly you know, some of the highest kind of, um, economic standards and regulation standards in the EU. Um, you know, the, and well, you American companies access to NHS. Well, yeah. that, that's quite scary, actually. Yeah, I mean, you <clears> potentially, need, if, you're, if you're a manufacturer in the UK and you, ex- and you export to Europe, you export to other countries within the UK and you export to America, you potentially need to have three different types of regulations, you'd have three different types of... It just it makes absolutely no sense to do this, but which I'm right. sure we're going to find out in the next Could be brilliant for whiskey, though. <laughs> Could be good news for whiskey. But the, all of this is happening in a world where populists are on the rise. And I don't know if... Did any of you see a, there was a recent interview with Marine Le Pen from, uh, on the BBC, mm-hmm. or one of the BBC programmes, <clears throat> I don't speak French, so I must... Well, I was translated from <laughs> the right. benefit of the UK viewer. And she was not... I mean, you know what she's like. She's the head of the National Front. But she's tried to sort of glamorise it and make it a bit more seen as socially acceptable. But she was making no bones about the fact that she liked Putin yeah. and Trump yeah. and saw a she's global a rise of populism. Sort of like Alex Salmond in that regard, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest so, Stephen. I wouldn't suggest so. But my, my point is, is maybe, it, maybe the the biggest, the best thing is the SNP or 
best thing that ever happened to Alex Salmond was not winning an independence referendum, or else he may also have been subject to some of these salacious stories that are coming out now <laughs> um, yeah, about you, other you, failed populists. You've taken this thread <laughs> in a different direction that I wanted to, Stephen, and not one I'm entirely comfortable going down either. Sorry, sorry, my my point that. was that the right-wing global populist stroke nationalists are... I mean, there's obviously like theories, conspiracy theories abounding as well yep. this, time, this time. But the mechanics of leaving the EU, forget the politics of leaving the EU and how we got there. What could happen in the next two French and German elections in a world of global populism? Mm-hmm. Like, would well, that's would where Scotland want to join the no, EU that, in that situation? Well, that's where the more realistic. Let's be a bit more realistic. <clears throat> there's no way... In the German elections, there's no way a pro-EU candidate is not going to be Chancellor. That's absolute madness to suggest that. <laughs> Says the pundit's pundit. The French election, <laughs> is, there's, a, there's a higher chance that Le Pen could get in compared to the German elections, but it's still a very, very small chance that Le Pen will be president. The risk with Le Pen is that the only viable candidate now seems to be Macron, who Macron, we've talked about in the past who is, as a positive who's, who's pro, figure, pro, he, pro-EU. Yeah. I think, I think the, the risks... In, within the EU, or or potentially Greece coming out of the Euro, or yeah. Italy coming out of the Euro. I think those are the big risks. Um, well, Italy is the other one with the Five Star Movement, who would that, be yeah, and, and the Italy elections in a few years' time. But it sounds like we've got much material for future podcasts over the next two years. Of course, it certainly does, and it seems that Kenny's already starting to make more predictions. So I think yeah. the time we we got an update on the predictions that we all made at the start of the year, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to do a bit of a segment re, um, reassessing or reappraising the good, bad and bold predictions that we made in our January podcast from 2017, given the uh, you know multitude of changes that have occurred even in this last three months. So what we're going to do is um, just go around all the guys here and say what um, good prediction they made, what bad prediction they made and which bold prediction they made and ask them to... Uh, reconfirm if they stand by that prediction or no longer want to be associated with it. <laughs> so we'll start with um, <clears throat> James. We'll start with James's good prediction. And James predicted a good year for the Lib Dems. I stand by that you prediction. stand by that prediction. It's a wee, I'm wavering a wee bit because I feel that their message can be taken over by others. But I stand by that prediction. Good year for the Lib Dems. Agreed. Okay. Kenny, <clears throat> can you remember what you said it would be a good year for? I think I also said the Lib Dems. You did so. indeed also say the Lib Dems. And did you see? Did you remember the reason you gave for predicting that? No. Uh, I think the, to directly quote you, everyone else is fucking themselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great analysis. Um, <laughs> I think I, 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 to an extent, agree with James. I think, I think it will be a good year for the Lib Dems because... It's in, Eng- in England and, and Wales, they're probably seen as the, the voice of the Remain campaign and still campaigning for having a second <laughs> referendum on, on the actual outcome of, of, the, of the EU negotiations. <laughs> yeah. However, to, I, also, I also, maybe I over-predicted how well their message would come across. I think a lot of the opinion polls, for whatever reason, probably because most people in the UK are fucking, fucking stupid, um, seem to say that we should just get on with it. And we don't want a second referendum on the outcome. We just want to fuck ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Neil, you said it would be a good year for Hugh Edwards. I did, yes. And can you remember who you thought it would be a bad year for 
in turn. Did I relate the two together? You did. Um, yeah, I said a bad year for David Dimbleby. You did. <laughs> because he's just deteriorated. <laughs> yeah. And a good year for Hugh Edwards. Um, I, I think I might need to revise the prediction because I think it's going to be a good year for both of them. Because mm-hmm. Dimbleby had an extra show on he Monday did. night, I noticed. He did. So he's still <clears throat> surviving. No, it was yeah. awful. Oh my God. Yeah, awful. I didn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, I don't really follow politics. I didn't. Or bother to vote. Too busy reading about the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Hugh Edwards, I think he's on the way up anyway, generally. Re- regardless of Dimbleby's rate do, of decline. Do you genuinely think Edwards would take over on question time from Dimbleby? I think that's um, a bit too bold for me. I think he's already going to take the big election shows. Yeah. So that's the... Because yeah. the ratings for, you know, the six o'clock news <laughs> must be skyrocketing, you know, whatever that's going on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, more, more the ITV news. It's not what the Brexiters prefer. That's what they prefer, yeah. What was your good prediction, Stephen? My prediction was it would be a good year for those oh, uh, residents of Glasgow and Fife who may be subjected to a UBI experiment <laughs> or a universal basic income for our regular listeners. Um, we haven't spoken about we that. We haven't spoken about that in a while, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do I stand by that prediction? Probably not. I think it's probably there's probably too many distractions now and it probably won't actually happen. But on a, a wider scale, that idea, I think, is definitely still... Um, I think we know, gaining I think, traction I think we all know your views <clears throat> yes. on the wider so idea I, I will refer you to prior discussions this fits into a wider thing we're too busy talking about other things yeah. to give that the chance it needs to fail <laughs> fair enough fair enough okay um, so that was good so now we'll move on to uh, those uh, or the predictions we made for who would have a bad year um, James start with you again and you said it would be a bad year for Jeremy Corbyn um, again, how can things go much worse? Well, yeah. <laughs> but they will. Yeah, and I stand by that. Absolutely. Um, Kenny, you predicted that Jeremy Corbyn would not be leader by the end of the year. Do we, um, do we all stand by that? I think. Yeah. Um, I actually think he probably he probably still will be. Um, but he is possibly the most incompetent opposition leader of all time. Yeah. I think he still might be, but he'll be on his way out or have his own, he'll attempt to do his own succession plan. I think he might be the leader of the Momentum Party by the end of the year. But That's yeah. a possibility, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kenny, um, a bad year. You suggested um, the the SNP would have a bad year. Did I? You did. That's, um, yeah, yeah, I, I probably don't agree with that. Can you explain my reasoning? <laughs> well, you give, well, I would consider quite a prescient prediction that uh, Nicola Sturgeon is between a rock and a hard place and will only call an indie ref when she's sure she would win. Um, but Brexit means that she might be forced to do this this year or next. Well, that's, wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, obviously quite predictable, but uh, t- to an extent, I mean, I think it possibly it depends how it plays in Scotland because it depends. Obviously, there probably are, as Neil says, a lot of people who are sick of referendums, and the last thing they want to do is go through another independence campaign. Yeah, um, but there are also people who are absolutely sick of. Um, or absolutely appalled with what's happening in terms of Brexit and the fact that Scotland seems to be being ignored and like going for a hard Brexit rather than potentially a soft Brexit. So it can it can play either way, but I think it, it's it's I think the SNP will start to be scrutinised a bit more. Well, in fact, it, that it could work in their favour that they will be focused on independence rather than being scrutinised on the record. Yeah, which is probably good for that. Did you see the fun fact? Shared <coughs> shared by Ian Gray yesterday. No, do you remember Ian Gray? Yeah, the Ian former Gray. the Ian Gray, the Labour leader. 
Yeah, and the Scottish Parliament hasn't passed legislation oh, in yeah, 12 yeah. months. Yeah. The budget. Oh, yeah, apart from that. No other legislation. But which highlights my point. The election is the flu cell, isn't it? Yeah, for how long? I'm di- I, I think it highlights the fact that we're being okay. completely distracted about other things. Okay. Brexit, yeah, no. Terrible. Terrible. Well, <laughs> what a distraction. Um, what they should be focused on is UBI. But anyway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and robots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Neil, you predicted it would be Neil. a bad year for... <laughs> you call me Alec Neil. <laughs> the Brexiteer one of the SNP. Sorry, Mr. Caldwell. You predicted it would be a bad year for... Oh, can you remember who you said it would be a bad year for? David Dimbleby. No, this was a, a separate one. Uh, no, I can't remember, actually. You said it would be a bad year for Prince Charles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, because I thought Queenie would uh, cling on. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I stand by that yeah. prediction. Still looks pretty yeah. pretty bad. You'll see that for like the next t- 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll revisit this in 12 months' time. I didn't really take the predictions as seriously as the SD, did I? No, clearly not. So, uh, and myself, um, I said it would be a bad year for those who don't like the exit suffix, i.e. Brexit. Um, do I stand by that? 100%, yes. Including this now uh, Scoxit or Sexit. We're not calling it that. <laughs> you know. And then, of course, um, in the last couple of days, perhaps the worst uh, use of the, the suffix yet, this Lexit or Lexit, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, abomination in the Daily Mail. But we don't necessarily need to talk about that. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> um, now, so the third category was the bold predictions. Um, so, James, we'll start with you once more. Uh, your bold predictions, well, can you recall what your bold prediction it was, was? It was to do with the dollar and the pound. It was. It was that... Uh, a pound would not buy a dollar in 2017. And do you know how that has gone so far? Oh, it's since I made the prediction. Yeah. Is it pretty flat? It's pretty flat. It's yeah. pretty much been about 1.2 or 1.3 the whole time. Okay. Up until, obviously, today. But yeah. <laughs> let's oh, wait. Today, it's all priced in. Absolutely. It's static today. Absolutely. So, I guess, um, yeah, so that's been the trend so far. Would you like to revisit that prediction? Yes, but then it wouldn't be bold. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I I think it won't happen now, right. but because it's a bold prediction, there are less bold. It, yeah, <laughs> okay. but I think no. it might not happen because of Trump rather than Brexit. Mm, I wouldn't be so sure. They might. Uh, it depends what the Fed do as much as anything else. Yeah, and so. they talked about raising interest rates like twice this year. Well, the, mm-hmm. the American markets have sort of cooled a wee bit because he didn't get his healthcare stuff through. So yeah, true. We'll see. We'll see. Well, on that uh, on that topic, uh, Kenny yourself, you said your bold prediction was that Mr. Donald J. Trump would not last the year as president. Yeah, it's, I still I still don't think he will. I think he'll be impeached before the end of the year. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, I do too. Um, Neil, can you recall what your bold prediction was? <laughs> <it off? laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't. Sorry, what was you, my bold prediction? You uh, boldly stated that China will invade Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Did I have a specific rationale to that? Or uh, no, I don't think so. It's a bold, bold prediction. And when, when we kind of um, challenged you on it, you, you, you didn't really have a reason. Well, <laughs> I don't think I'd get any reason to... Um, it, nothing that's happened between that bold prediction and now has made me think that it's less likely to happen. Well, with North Korea <laughs> firing nukes and stuff like that, yeah, there's a lot could happen yeah, in that I mean, there's a lot going on in the South China Sea. Right yeah. now, so let's let's not count our chickens. No, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, what was yours? My own bold prediction was that Theresa May would not be Prime Minister um, by the end of the year. Um, Just by this? Well, no, not for the not for the reasons I gave. Actually, the reasons I gave were that I thought the uh, at the time when I, we made that prediction, that sort of the nights were out for a bit. It was going to be Brexit delays, all that kind of stuff. Do I think she's? I think what she's been doing, like this, as I said before, the tactics of, or sorry, the strategy or the tactics, sorry, of um, you know, cowtailing to the Daily Mail, making sure they they have you know the Brexit guys up front and centre and stuff like that means that she probably will last the year and be be allowed to see through this process. Um, but you know, as an actual, if you took away the Brexit stuff, like the things like the national insurance, you know, with Philip Hammond, the, the all that, you know, there's been a few debacles. Some of the stuff she's trying to do that non-Brexit stuff just doesn't seem to be going very well. But I do think she'll last. Grammar schools, she's clueless. Yeah, yeah I but, think she'll but last I think I think there is a big difference between. See, I think we're all quite good at sensing the sort of feel of the people that are not as politically aware. I think, right, generally. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a big difference in I think the impression of the middle Scotland and the middle England voter towards Theresa May yeah. because there's a lot of middle England voters that they may read the Daily Mail but they're not nutcases right and they they quite like Theresa May and the Thatcherite quality that she seems to have sort of the shires a little yeah. bit up, up here we see it just thoroughly patronising yeah. brings yeah. back like, yeah. images of the Wicked Witch so yes. I don't think it's necessarily I, I think there is a lot of Good feeling towards her, or sort of latent good feeling towards yeah, her, that will make her survive the year. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting, especially on this day of all days, that she probably still stands. In stark, day yeah, yeah. <laughs> she still stands in stark contrast to those who went before her, like the old the Etonian fucking chancers. And let's it don't seem so bad, right? Yeah, now, do they? I know. And I would say that I'd take them back right now. Yeah. I know, but well, like DC. Okay. Himself. Well, close out, but I did say, what I think I've said to all you, is like, you know, Theresa May has, is at risk of having a pretty shitty legacy, but David Cameron's legacy is pretty set in stone as fucking abject recklessness. So, yeah. Dissolving two unions and yeah. fucking pigs. Yeah, it's not great. So, um, so allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. 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 What was it? <laughs> <laughs> so, we, um, so that's a revisit of our last predictions. What we thought we might do is all wrap up with one final prediction. Um, so, James, do you have one extra prediction? This, is this to be bold or just anything you like? Um, there'll be a trade deal on the City of London by the end of the year. For financial services. Okay, good good one. Not a chance. Well, I, went chance. Bold. I went bold. Oh. Yeah. Um, Positive. I'll go next. Okay. Angela Merkel will not be German Chancellor at the end of the year. Okay. Possible. My one will be a cabinet minister will, will resign over Brexit, possibly Hammond by the end of the year. Okay, like that one, yeah. yeah. Uh, mine was a follow-up to the last set of predictions, and I'll say that there will be a general strike by the end of the year. On that happy note, we, uh, we leave the prediction gaming. We'll return to that. Maybe we'll revisit it again four months or so. Maybe Let's do that. Every quarter. And now it's time for Kenny's quote. Thanks, Neil. So this week I'm going with the fascist rag, also known as the Daily Mail. So as Stephen alluded to earlier, they ran a front page which had the First Minister of Scotland and the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom and two females. And obviously, rather than focusing on anything else in terms of what was going on, they decided to focus on their legs and they referred to Legsit. And this attracted a huge amount of negative coverage across 
a range of different uh, media personalities and, and politicians. But how did the Daily Mail describe the people complaining about the front page? So did they refer to them as, firstly, dull BBC left-wing commentariat, two, precious Ramona snowflakes, or three, obsessed guardianista pot stirrers? That's the most uncontroversial Kenny's quote I've ever heard. I was waiting for the swear word. All three are equally possible Daily Mail quote, and I've got no idea this time. Can you read them again, please, Ken? So the first one was dull BBC left-wing commentaria. Secondly, precious precious Ramona snowflakes. Or three, obsessed guardianista pot stirrers. The the reference to the BBC makes me think that's more likely because they'll say the Daily Mail would like to reference that and the reference to Snowflakes maybe thinks it makes me think it's not that one because that's not what I would expect them to use I, I think I so I'll go with number two Snowflake <laughs> <laughs> I'll go number two I will go I'm between the Guardianista and the BBC I think they were they would probably more likely to be yeah I'll go with the BBC I'm going to go with the BBC correct hey. well, so they, I think they actually refer to them as pole-faced Dull BBC left wing commentary. Seems perfectly fair to me. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Kenny. <laughs> a more challenging one than usual. I thought I'd mix it up a bit rather than my usual. Indeed. And now it's time for a blast from the past with James. Okay, this week we're going to cover referendums. Topical. Um, <laughs> this is, we're just going to do a quick run through and then I've asked the gang to come up with their own referendum questions. So, does the gang know how many referendums there have been in the UK? Ever. Covering the whole UK electorate. Um, so I'm assuming you mean since the existence of the present UK, since yes. 1922, yes? And that excludes the Scottish independence referendum. Yes, because that was only the Scottish electorate. Yep. Um, I, well, I'm fairly sure I know the answer, so I'll two. go last. I'm going to guess two. Two. Are you going to go first, Sam? Three. Uh, three. It is three. Three. Correct. Um, so <laughs> we will come to that. We will come to that. But uh, I've noticed that you you're all fine with me using referendums, although I prefer Neil, referenda. Neil and um, submitted his, his question says referenda. I'm, I'm sure it's referenda. No, I've looked this up. It has also been debated in Parliament. Oh, okay. <laughs> in 1998, Tory MP and author Alan Clark press for the House to give a ruling on what should be used. He said that using referenda would strike a blow for classical revivalism. However, referendums is considered the common usage and has been used in legislation since. Fucking hell. It's all really in But you can choose what you want. Thanks for sharing. That itself is a political decision and not a grammatical Uh, decision. uh, They'll be burning books next. Also, there was a Spectator article (coughs) saying that he was right. So, I mean... No, I can find you I ever used because it should have been. <laughs> I didn't search for that. So, the first referendum in our three was the 1975. Do you think that the United Kingdom should stay in the European Community brackets, the common market? Yes or no? Who Are you knows? So, a quick quick quiz. Uh, does anyone know what the official Labour position was for that referendum? Uh, they were against. Yeah. They had no official position. Yeah, because they were split 50-50 on it. Uh, okay. uh, the Is that what led to the 
the Gang of Four in the STP. I think so, but we might be sure. It's one, one of the things that the original. I'm sure Corbin was Corbin around then. Corbin was against. The party backed. They were advised to be in. Sure. To be in. Yeah, and the SNP? Uh, we're out. We're out. out. Yeah. How yeah. times change. Uh. The next one, who can remember? <laughs> well, no, I, I would say times have changed apart from the Labour are still fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. clue, James. How history re- re- rewrites itself. So, um, next one, who can remember the next one? This was 2011. Uh, the AVU referendum. Oh, shit, I forgot about that one. Clegorendum. Oh, yeah, I uh, yeah, was it in the country flat. I forgot about that. I was <laughs> in the country flat. <laughs> There's a shot. You didn't know. <laughs> so, the question there was at present, the UK uses the first past the post system to elect MPs to the House of Commons. Should the alternative vote system be used instead? I can't believe that didn't get voted through. Yeah. So, I, it was quite. I put a, a one in box yes and a two in box no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want to say what the Labour Party position on that was? They were against. They had no official position <laughs> yet again. <laughs> the the Conservatives being no and everyone and the DUP and everyone else being for change. I, do you know the thing I remember about that referendum? That was the same, it was the same day as a Scottish, the Scottish parliamentary election. It was, yeah. And, and I just thought it was the most despicable thing to have a referendum on a shite form of PR for a UK election when you're having a full PR election yeah. for the Scottish election and a council election the same day. Yeah. We had ballot papers coming out of our arse that day. It was, it was a nonsense. No wonder <laughs> that was, you won a majority in such circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was basically the Liberals' trade-off for going into the coalition. No, yeah, that's right. That, what, was, what? that was their legacy. Yeah. What deal-makers. Yeah. It's a bit early to tell if that paid off for them. <laughs> Unbelievable. It doesn't matter, they're going to have a good year this year. Farron's um, <laughs> army. And last year, who can remember the actual question from the referendum last year? Should Do you Brits, want to remain part of the EU? Should the United Kingdom remain? Or was remain in the question? No, because that was an answer. Uh, remain was in the question. It was on it. the right track. Should, or do, you, should, do you want to commit economic suicide? <laughs> Should, no, should the United Kingdom remain or leave the European was Union? It Dunkirk, rah, rah. <laughs> Pretty much. Should the United Kingdom remain a member of the EU or leave the European Union? Uh-huh. With the responses you could tick next to being remain a member of the European Union or leave the European yeah. Union. Uh, Is that the first non-yes-no question in a referendum then? I'm going to say... Uh, they learned their lesson yes. from... Very interesting. From so that was a whistle-stop run through of past referendums... <clears throat> now we're calling the Gang of Four referendum. Um, I'll add some caveats. <laughs> Gang of Four referendum. <laughs> we're going to I'll hit my coat. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a referendum question. We're going to vote on it here and now, and depending on the vote, I will decide whether it's passed the threshold for being Gang of Four official policy. Um, the first division of the gang I will call is for Neil. Would you like to raise your referendum question? Uh, yes. So. The question is thus, in light of previous referendum and election results, should the votes of over 65s be counted in future <laughs> referendum? Um, I, I think you've got 15 seconds to make your pitch. They shouldn't. Um, <laughs> they are clearly just swinging the outcome in most recent referendums and have got us to the position we are in. Not only that, they've got the least stake 
in the future outcome of these referendums. Well, they've got pretty significant pensions to lose. But, yeah. <laughs> Se- but secondly, secondly, I'm not saying we can't vote. I'm just not going to count them. Okay. Oh, oh, interesting. So we'll have a gang of four votes. Um, Kenny, should the votes of Order 65 count in future referendums? Despite everything I think about how they voted in the past, I think they should, yes. <laughs> Stephen? Fucking cop out. Um, no. I will say yes, they should count. Neil? Yeah, I'm going to say no. It's a tie, so the motion does not pass. <laughs> Is that the so rules? The yeah. just, well, I decide the rules. I called this. Um, next, we have Stephen. Would you like okay. to put your forward your question yeah. for the gang? I would ask the gang of four to decide if Glasgow should leave or remain part of Scotland. You've <laughs> much like the EV referendum, who actually wanted this known. Um, would you like to make your pitch for 15 seconds? Ouija's. Uh, I rest my case. This is, this this is strangely <laughs> controversial. Like, given the thought, I'm a Ouija. I know. I know. <laughs> Just annoy Kenny. Uh, um, uh, no, well, okay. Do, you've used up your time. You said yes. Ouija's well and then just annoy Kenny. Oh, okay. Sorry. I do have that's that's fair. Okay, some okay. joiners, but Make all their points. Yeah. <laughs> do the Ouija's get a vote in this? Yes, they get to vote. Because right. I think that, um, I think large swathes of Glasgow maybe identify themselves as something other than Scottish. And I think it's... Uh, can I remind you of the results in Glasgow in 2014? You, can, you certainly can, but that's different from identifying yourself as Scottish in the sense of maybe others or the residents of Scotland. And I think it's instructive to note that Scotland, as a, a nation of five million people who potentially could become independent, has huge divisions even within it. And I think that's quite interesting. Okay, right. so you're punishing them for having <clears throat> an opinion? No, 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 I'm just think, saying that... Uh, well, yeah, punishing okay. them for being witty, basically. <laughs> okay. Uh, Neil, how would you vote on this? Should, uh, Glasgow, would... leave, should Glasgow leave or remain part of... I'm not just voting this way, I'm leading the campaign <laughs> to vote no to avoid the partition of Scotland as proposed by Stephen. Uh, Kenny? Uh, obviously as a Ouija I'd like to stay part of Scotland so remain for me. Stephen? Uh, I'll say yes they should leave Scotland. <laughs> and I'll say they should remain part of Scotland so okay. that motion Well maybe a second referendum. Do you think certain swathes of the Scottish population are should leave Scotland? No, no, no. <laughs> and that's, you've gone I, I, down in my estimation. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked that you're even so, like Mister sitting the fence and not wanting to dance in anyone's toes too hard. Has come out with <laughs> partitionist theories. You know, putting them in ships and sending them back to where they came from. <laughs> well, the, the Glasgow has a history of that. <laughs> right, let's move on. Um, next up. Kenny, would you like to see what your referendum's going to be on? Yeah, so it's about, um, so the question I would pose is, should all drugs be legalised? Um, serious first. That's, that's more, uh, note the all. <laughs> your 15 so seconds. My, 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 my view is the, the war on drugs has clearly failed, so the best way, the best outcome should be that drugs should be bought and taxed the same way that alcohol and tobacco is. Does that... Cover all drugs though, or is this some drugs? I would, I would, I've always argued all drugs should be legal. Um, I can see why people would, you know, find that pretty ridiculous for some class A drugs. But for example, marijuana. Would you rather be met by a gang of Neds off their face on Buckfast or off their face on Mary Jane? Easy, easy answer for me. Go around, Uh, Neil. 
Um, with caveats and without seeing the de- and if I saw the detail, I could understand it and I would be inclined to vote yes. If this is like Brexit, that is the detail we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that basis, no. Then okay. the de- that, uh, I agree with the principle. The devil's in the detail in that policy. Yeah. Stephen, yeah, I, I can see the arguments and rationally uh, understand where you're coming from, definitely. But probably at this moment, I would have to say no. God, you're such pussies, man. Just, I just um, told fucking Glasgow to fuck off out as well. I'm not a pussy. <laughs> I know, and then you both say no in my referendum. Uh, well, voting, that's my answer. I'm voting no, uh, Kenny. Sake. Are you voting I'm yes? voting obviously yes. Yes, so with 100% turnout, it's a 75% for no. Um, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just adding legitimacy I know, I to this referendum. I feel like have we passed any legislation? I was going to ask you And my one is: Should the Gang of Four be allowed to vote in future referendums? <laughs> um, given that we now know each other's views, we have clearly displayed some ignorance in certain subjects. I'm proposing that we ban ourselves from voting in future referendums. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> I will vote. Yes to that. <laughs> I would say that if we're using ignorance of po- politics as a rationale for not allowing people to vote, then if we're not having a vote, <laughs> we're pretty much saying no one in the United Kingdom, apart from a couple of I don't know. So are you are you voting Legal against? Expert. I'm going to vote against. That. I think we're. I think I think we're all sensible individuals who make informed decisions, yeah. even yep. though. Uh, I'm going to vote no on the grounds that we're disenfranchising three of us. Fuck <laughs> 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 Not me, like. Uh, Stephen, I thought yeah. it was at you. I'll say no and go a step further and say, fuck it, we should crown ourselves the leaders of the UK. <laughs> we should get a weighted vote. Yeah. Um, I, I, that, to an extent, I agree that you know we should probably get more votes. <laughs> so with that... We're hang, more informed. With, with that, that's fine. I with that confirmation fine. bias, well, actually, so. secured... <laughs> Yeah, Talk ourselves up, man. Come on. High opinion of ourselves. All right. Thank you for the discussion on referendums. Die. Um, and that's just about all from The Gang of Four, episode eight. Um, Stephen got some uh, Gang of Four branded mugs, which are very nice, and we've all got one. And we'll have some pictures of them. All, all it was to say was to say thank you for the kind gifts. <laughs> and if any other listeners want to send us gifts, especially to Kenny and his controversial views and Glaswegians to Stephen, <laughs> then they can ta- contact us on Twitter, Facebook, they can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud and on Android on iPlayer. Excellent, thank you. And we'll leave you with the sounds of the bang of Article 50 being triggered. Goodbye, James. Goodbye. Goodbye, Stephen. Goodbye, Neil. Goodbye, Kenny. Goodbye. Goodbye.